a good presence of the Lord. Amen. We're ministering to Him. He's ministering to us. You know, that's what the, that's what the Scripture said over in, in Acts chapter 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, right? That principle still works, right? If you need to hear from God, well, first, don't try. What do you mean don't try? Just stop trying to hear and just minister to Him like we've been doing. In the middle of that, you're, you're in a position where God can speak. Yeah? What if I don't hear Him speak? Then just enjoy ministering to Him. Amen. Trust that He's, that he's going to guide you and He'll talk to you in, in the right place at the right time, but regularly ministering to the Lord, and that's just worship and praise and gratitude you know, gratitude and, and, you know, that's a healthy thing to do. Praise God. Amen. How many know it's possible to sing a song and not minister to the Lord? Just like you've heard people sing songs and that didn't minister to you at all. But the Lord's, the Lord's, <laughs> the Lord receiving it is not so much tied to how well we sing like we think, you know, with him it's heart. It ministers to him if it's sincere, if it's in faith, it's in, it's in sincere worship to him, right? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You know, uh, we sang uh, a moment ago about drawing near to, to him. Uh, there's a passage in James chapter 4 that says, draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. And uh, it's one of the things that God desires most from us, more than what you can do for Him. Um, he desires to be with us, to be with you, for you to take time and, and just have a relationship with Him, walk with Him, more than, again, what you can accomplish for the kingdom. His first priority is to, is to walk with us, to be with us. Amen. You go back to the beginning of the book, and that's how... That seemed to be the, prim the primary relationship with Adam was, uh, was just coming down, spending time. Yeah. It was that relationship, just like, just like parents. If, uh, if, you're, if you're a parent and you've had kids leave home, what's, uh, what's, what do you want to do most? It's not just checking up to see if they're doing everything you want them to do. It's uh, your desire is just to see them, just to be with them, right? And, uh, and that's the heart of the Father. If that's our, if that's His desire, uh, of course it should be our desire. And we know from a, you know, a scriptural, technical standpoint, we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God, right? Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. All these things will be added to us. If His kingdom is priority to us, if a relationship with God, in other words, uh, being close to Him every day. I'm not talking just positionally in Christ. I'm talking practically. You have a, a dialogue. I mean, uh, that's, that's something, you know, that needs to be, uh, time needs to be given to it. If that's priority to us, then we would want to remove anything from life that hinders that. If there's anything we're doing that, that gets in the way of that, you want to rid yourself of it. Now think about that for a moment, okay? If it is really the peak, the pinnacle, 
If you're saved, you're already going to heaven. So we're not striving for eternal life. We're not striving for acceptance by God. That's one and done. We're good to go. If the pinnacle of our life on earth then is just being in a rich daily fellowship relationship with God, and it ought to be if it's not, that's first, then we would want to, if that's really true, then we would want to remove anything that blocks that. If there's anything we're doing that interrupts that, that priority, it would be priority for us to get that out of the way. If we don't care about getting stuff out of the way that hinders us, then that relationship is not priority to us. Maybe our relationship with success or our relationship with with other people, maybe that's priority. But if that really is priority, then we're going to want to do that. Everybody with me? Praise God. Say, well, nothing can separate us from his love. I know. I think I already used that verse in praise tonight. That's true. We're not talking about God being God changing towards us. We're not talking about what we do or don't do that alters his love and and grace and so forth towards us. No, we're talking practical application of walking with God. I think we can all acknowledge that there are times in our lives where we're, we're firing on all cylinders spiritually, and it's just better. I mean, life is better. Coming to church and worshiping God is like you, you look forward to it. Amen. It's so wonderful when you just, you can't wait to do it. Praise God. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to the, uh, the book of James, and I'll just share a couple things, and we'll see if uh, we go very far with this. But James... You know where James is? Same place he was last time you opened your mind. Or if you know him well, Jim. Although I don't think we're really supposed to have a personal relationship with James. (laughs) Someday. In the meantime. We're not that group that prays to the saints. <laughs> right? That's not biblical. It's not scriptural. And, you'd have, and we'd have to pray to each other because in Christ, everyone's a saint. Right? You get saved, you're, you went from ain't to saint. <laughs> yeah. It's not just those who pass away that, you know. Praise God. James... <laughs> chapter 3 notice verse uh, verse 2 James 3 verse 2 for we all stumble in many things if anyone does not stumble in word he is a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body isn't that interesting that such a strong statement and 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 result about stumbling in word he said, basically, everybody stumbles, but if you, if you can avoid stumbling in word, you'll control your whole body. I'm just out of control in this area of my life. It starts with your mouth. The mouth is the beginning point. It's the, it's, it's the key component. 
well, I just need to work on my mind. You need to work on your mouth. Your mind has power, your, excuse me, your mouth has power over your mind. I've been thinking all kinds of thoughts and I can't control it. Use your mouth. It's a more powerful tool than just, <clears throat> I'm not going to think about that. <clears throat> you know, we have a mental warfare going on. Use your mouth. It's the bigger gun, right? It's the most powerful weapon. Because he said, again, if you could get that thing tamed, and no one has ever lived a perfect uh, speaking life. None of us can say we've never said anything that we shouldn't have said. You can see why he said, you know, we all stumble. But if you can get a hold of this, you'll control your whole body. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. Control my whole body. I mean, what do you mean? Like what it does? Yeah, what it does. Like... You know, like sickness and disease? Yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, whatever's in your physical body, you can control that with your words. Yeah. It's a physical reality that even has been um, observed by modern-day science. Those who study the brain and those who study the power of these things, they'll tell you that when you, the, what your speech area of the brain, uh, everyone else everyone, you know, everything else listens to that. And it starts putting into motion what you say. Your, your words control your whole body. You can use your words to make your heart beats beat normal. You can make, use your words to, for your blood to come in alignment. You can use your words to repair your knee. Yeah. That's just the way God created us. It works believer, unbeliever. When I say saved person, lost person, you control your mouth, you control everything. But some people don't do it with patience because let me just say this one time and they go out, let me say one good word and then go back to speaking negative. And that works too. Well, it's not working for me. It just did. <laughs> yeah. We recognize the power in this. I wasn't going to teach this, and I'm still, I don't think I am. The, the next several verses, you know, they talk about the, the horse's bridle and the rudder on the ship. And, and all these things require, especially the, the rudder on the ship, requires a constant, you know, force. Keep that wheel of the ship turned to get that ship to turn around. It doesn't, it's not a jet ski. He didn't, they didn't have jet skis probably, but... <laughs> You know, a jet ski, you can, you can whip it around pretty quick. A ship, you can't. The ship is like your life. Your life's not a jet ski. It's a ship, yeah. right? And so it, it takes not, not one good statement and then go back to speaking negative again. So if we can control our mouth, we can control our whole life. And uh, if, you, if you look down at verse 8, again, it, it says, uh, but the... But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now you read that and you think, well, you just said we need to do this and the scripture just said we can't. <laughs> well, again, I would, say, I would say a couple things there. One, outside of uh, the empowerment and help of the Holy Spirit, yeah, we're toast. Two, I would say the way that you fix your tongue is not just by trying to say the same, to trying to say the right thing um, only. You go back to the, the, the 
whole of Scripture, Jesus, remember, he taught out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we do is change the contents of our heart that, that aids the speaking of the mouth. So, again, say we, we can't control the tongue. I know by yourself you can't, but yield to the Spirit of God, believe He's helping you, and put right things in your heart. It's just like if, if someone's a liar and they're a deceiver, um, they can do that for a little while. But if you were to be around the lying, deceiving one and hear them talk constantly, you would eventually find out who they really are. What's in their heart would eventually come out. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can't fake it forever. It's like people who are trying to convince others that they believe they're healed. But if you're around that person day in and day out, you find out, oh, but you've got other things in your heart than what you say in public. And that's what confuses sometimes believers. I don't understand why this person passed away or this person can't get their healing. They were strong in faith. Well, when they were around you, they were. We don't always know what they're saying. You'd have to be around them 24-7 practically to find out what they really believe because what's really in them comes out at some point. And the, the, you know, the, the deceiving person, eventually you get, you get exposed. Hallelujah. Is this uplifting? <laughs> um, he, he, he says down here, let, let's look at a, a, little bit, uh, a little bit more. Verse 10, um, or verse 9. So deadly poison in verse 8. Verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father, and with, with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And he says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. He's saying it's illogical what you guys are doing. <laughs> you are blessing the Lord and then you're cursing people. He said, it ought not be that way. And he's tying all this back to the tongue that controls their whole body. This is one of the things that uh, we've really got to get. And, and I haven't left my premise of drawing close to the Lord and walking close with him. And that's the most important thing. If I want to do that, if I'm really going to do that and and make progress, I can't be pulling one of these bless God, curse men things. If I say, I'm just really tight with the Lord, I just love the Lord and I love to worship him, I just don't like people. <laughs> uh, I'm not correct in my, in my belief that the Lord and, and I are, <laughs> are tight. One of the worst things we can do to our personal relationship with God is speak ill about his kids. It's one of the most unwise choices we can make. You are never going to advance your relationship with God by, by talking about other people and what they do wrong. 
or giving your opinion, negative opinions about other people's behavior or their motive or making, making these kind of judgments against others. We think, we think, I can do that, that's fine, and, and uh, the Lord knows my heart. Well, yes, he does know your heart. That's the problem. <laughs> he knows that you're, that you're trashing his kids, and that's not okay. But I love you, Lord. No, it doesn't work that way. Everybody with me? Yes. Say, well, the Lord still loves He loves you, yes. He loves you enough <laughs> to tell you to stop it. <laughs> stop talking about his other kids. Well, what I'm saying is true. <laughs> Not everything true should be repeated. There's a whole lot of true things going on in the world and in other people's lives and just by us saying it or, or perpetuating it or, or, or telling others about it, it not only hurts them, it hurts their reputation, it hurts our personal relationship with God. We think, I want to go higher. You know, Pastor Wade talked about that. I want to go higher. I want to go further in the glory of God. I want a visitation of heaven upon the earth. Yeah. Who doesn't? But those other things are a hindrance to that end. We know this, that one of the things that the Lord commands his blessing on is unity. Psalm 133. He commands his blessing when, when, there, when there's unity in a house. There's not unity just when we're all thinking, I just love to worship the Lord and then... I'm not talking about what we do in the middle of service. If you're doing that right now, you're like way whacked. <laughs> Did you see what they so-and-so? <laughs> Did you hear about this? No, I'm just talking about in the hallway. I'm talking about in the week, you know, different times. These things are a hindrance to even when we gather. I know we're... I think, we, I think we are. We got pretty good unity going on here. I mean, we, when we say, when the team says, let's worship, let's sing this song, I think everybody's doing it. I can't tell. You may be hindering, but for the most part, we're all doing it, we're, meaning we're unified. We're doing the same thing at the same time. We all praying. Now we're all listening. Now we're, we're doing these things in unity, same heart, same motive. But the, 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 the extent of how far we can go is tied to other elements of our lives. And if we're against God's other kids, we limit him. We limit the fullness of what he wants to do in our midst. Hallelujah. I didn't plan on saying that, but I, I'm glad I said it. Is anybody not glad I said that? That way we can know... <laughs> who the problem is. <laughs> is anybody like really annoyed? I, I'm, okay. Not like you're going to say. But we really, see, it, sweet, what's, what's the, the language here? About uh, fresh water and bitter water out of the same opening. What's coming, coming out of your opening? <laughs> I mean, if you come to church regularly, there's no doubt some fresh water coming out. That's speaking of blessing God. That's speaking of the praises of God, saying positive things. Is there also bitter water coming out? Say, well, what if I have bitterness in me? <laughs> 
Well, then let's get that, that taken care of. That's the abundance of the heart. It's what we're feeding on. It's maybe, you know, unforgiveness towards others. It's, it's hurt feelings or offense or just maybe you've been, you know, genuinely hurt by someone and, and that's causing a bitter thing inside of you. And so if it doesn't get dealt with, it comes out. It's like I said, with the liar, with the deceiver. If someone's a liar, eventually the truth is going to be known about that person. They're, Surely your sin will find you out. It'll eventually come out. If there's hurt and all these things and they're never dealt with, well, eventually they come out. Amen, amen. And so we, 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 we forgive others. We cast our care on the Lord. We, we trust the Lord to work in us. We meditate on his word. If you need someone to pray with you, you do that. If you need someone to talk to, you do that. But you don't do it perpetually. Well, I've got this really deep hurt. Well, how long have you been talking about it? Maybe if you never have, then it might be helpful, you know, to talk to someone. But if you've been talking about the same hurt for the last five years, well, someone did me wrong. Well, maybe they did, you know. Maybe someone at the church did. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. But that was five years ago. We got to get it cleaned out, lest your bitter your bitter spout, you know, keeps doing damage and limiting the the, the manifestation of God in your life. I remember years ago, there was a, a person who who told me something that, you know, kind of bugged him that I did. It really wasn't something I did; it was something I didn't do. And uh, and uh, and he told me. I said, you know, well, yeah, I think you're right about that. And I said, I apologize for that. I should have done that. I should have been thinking about that. And, and uh, I think you're right about that. And, uh, and, you know, I felt bad about it a little bit. And it wasn't like an intentional something. But uh, anyway, I was glad it got cleared up. And we just straightened the thing out and good, going on, going on our way. And then it was like, I don't know, a couple, two, three years later, they brought it up again. <laughs> I thought, what are you doing bringing this? We already talked about that. I thought you, you forgave, and I turned, you know, I admitted, and, and you're bringing that up. Now it's your problem. I can't do anything else about that other, other than say, I recommend you let that go. Is there something else you really need to talk about? Because I think the enemy's eating your lunch. And he's, he's telling you things and reminding you of things and causing you to hold on to hurts. And out of that hurt comes... The bitter water. And it hinders your praise of God. Say, well, I still praise the Lord. Yeah, but do you know how good it could be? I don't know if any of us know how good it could be. Other than our own experience. You've probably had some high points where it was just so glorious. It's so wonderful. You can compare it to that. Is it still that way? But I don't think any, any one of us know how good it could be because we don't know the extent of God's glory, the magnitude of eternity, of infinity, <laughs> right? But it could be so much better. Praise the Lord. God is good. Go, you got a minute? <laughs> I'm just, just going to talk a minute, but... <laughs> Matthew, would you go to Matthew with me? Matthew 
chapter 12. I mentioned this principle that from Matthew, Jesus was teaching here in verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. Look at verse 35, Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So it just says what we really are, what we truly are, what's going on inwardly is going to come out outwardly. So... Obviously, it starts with the new birth. You get saved. That fixes your spirit. But then what you meditate on, those, like I mentioned, those uh, issues of unforgiveness or anger or anything, anything like that, that exists in there. It eventually makes its way out, out of your mouth. And that's what James says, that messes up your whole life. It's the bit in the horse's mouth. It's the rudder on the ship. It messes up your whole life if you don't get that fixed because it's coming out of your mouth. And when you start saying it, you start experiencing it. But I say to you uh, that for every idle word men speak, men may speak, they will give account in the day of, of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. So the, the language used of, of every idle word idle word. Some translations say non-working word. Some say uh, for every untrue word. That's kind of an Aramaic thing there. Untrue word. There, there's different. Uh, what's another translation say? Careless words. Lots of translations use the word careless. What do you got? Inoperative word. Uh, but uh, Jesus is saying it, it doesn't matter, basically. People say, ah, uh, I was just joking. Or, I didn't really mean anything by that. He's saying, no, 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 no. Don't you treat your words like that. Don't you think you can just say things off the cuff, things that you didn't really mean? It doesn't work that way. For one, you say them, where are they coming from? That's the context. Two, he's saying, the Lord doesn't treat our words as, ah, that was just nothing. He's saying, I'm going to bring this up on judgment day. You say something, and it, oh, I didn't really mean anything by that. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. He said, well, I'm going to bring it up. Well, no one heard me. Well, he heard you. <laughs> Amen. There may have been an angel standing by with his iPad. <laughs> right? Recording it. Say, say if anyone's thinking, Yikes. Well, there is the blood of Jesus, so, but I don't want to throw out this principle. Yeah? I mean, I want a good eraser. It's the blood. But the principle is still true. Jesus is saying, he's saying, your words really matter. And when we stand before the Lord, that seems to be the thing that'll be brought up. What? What we said. Well, you said, don't we do that with each other? Well, you said... You said you would do this. You said this. You said this. I know you said this. People try to do that with me because I'm a preacher. Well, pastor, you said. I think, no, I didn't. Well, yes, you did. Well, we've got a recording. <laughs> but the Lord really does have a recording for even when we're not preaching. So these things really are a big deal with him. If they're a big deal with him, if I'm really going to maximize this relationship and draw close to him and experience his best, they need to be a big deal to me. 
I can't be loose with my words. I wouldn't do that with him. You wouldn't do that with him. You wouldn't flippantly praise the Lord or say something, you know, that you didn't really mean or wasn't true. But the question is, do, do we do that with people? I guess some people do that with God. They say, do you, did you hear what the Lord did? He killed that kid of can- with cancer. No, he didn't. That wasn't him. He gets blamed for stuff. But, but still, people do that uh, with each other. And, and it hinders our relationship with God. You see that? Let's, let's, look at a, let's look at the book of Proverbs for a moment. Chapter 11. In the book of Proverbs, one of the words that is used repeatedly is the word uh, tailbearer. You ever heard the word tailbearer? We might say, uh, you know, a storyteller, a gossip, one who repeats slanderous things. Um, in 11 and verse 13, it, it reads, a tale-bearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. We don't want to be the tale-bearer. What do they do? They reveal things. They reveal secrets about someone says something to you or you hear something about it. What do they do? They let it out. Well, I'm just going to tell one person. <laughs> now, I'm not going to, you got just between me and you. No, how about between you and nobody? Have you ever heard anything about anyone else or witnessed it firsthand or they told you something and you never told another soul the rest of your life? Well, you would, if, if you are, then you would be considered a faithful person. But if you always have to tell someone, <laughs> then you would, be, you would be in the category of the tale bearer. The faithful person conceals matters. What if we were all concealers? So, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be one who covers things up. Well, yes, you do. Love covers a multitude of sins. Well, I don't want people to get away with bad things. No one's getting away with anything. Everything is open and naked before the Lord. The question is, are we the one that's going to expose Someone else did something wrong. I better tell on them. How about you pray for them instead? If it really is right to go to talk to the person, that would be acceptable. If your motive is to help and restore and, and so forth, then that, yeah, that's fine. But telling other people, that's a hindrance. Sometimes what we don't know is when someone does something wrong and then we see it or hear about it and then tell someone else, by the time that other person hears, the first person, the person that did it, they may have already repented, got it right, made everything straight, they have felt horrible about it, but you don't know any of the backstory. All you do is you see what they did, and you thought, oh, that person, eh. can't believe they did that. I'm going to tell others because I'm protecting those other people from them. You ever heard that argument? Well, I need to tell people to protect them from that individual. You might be yielding to the wrong spirit. 
Be faithful. Go to the person if you want to help them and talk to them. Hallelujah. Go to 18, Proverbs 18. It says here in verse 8, uh, 18.8, the words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. And they go down into the, into the inmost body. Amy, what does your t- Amplified say? Yes. Dainty morsels. Dainty morsels. Or tasty trifles. What is that? Well, it tastes really good. Hmm. Mmm, but it's poison, and it goes down on the inside. But it tastes really good, but uh, what, what's, there's a temptation when it comes to tasty morsels or dainty morsels and tasty trifles. Anyone ever been tempted by something sweet? <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to, uh, to talking about other, using, letting words about other people, there's a temptation there to hear it. Did you hear? What? Hear about this? No, tell me. What happened? What did they do? Did you hear this about Pastor Bill? (laughs) No, why? What what happened? (laughs) Amen. So don't fall for it. If anyone, if anyone tries to bring, it, bring these kind of things to you and you can kind of sense where they're going, they're, they're wanting to repeat someone's trash or even a rumor. It may not have even, a lot of times it's not even real. Just say, uh, you know, I, I don't need to hear it. You know, if, I mean, I, I probably don't really need to know that. I mean, what, what good is it gonna do? I'm pro- if I hear it, it's either not true and then I sh- it shouldn't be repeated, or it is true, and, and, if, and maybe I'm just going to get bugged about it then. Then it's going to hinder me. Let's just pray for him. Don't fall for the tasty trifle, and let that thing get down inside of you. Look at chapter 19, or, or verse 19, actually chapter 20 and verse 19. 20 and 19, he who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. So this will help you clear out your friends list. <laughs> People who like to do this say, nope, I'm separating from that. Why? Because the most important thing in my life is my walk with God. And he doesn't like this. He doesn't like this bitter, sweet, bitter water, fresh water thing going on. I've got to keep it fresh. So I don't want that in my heart because if it gets in my heart, it's going to come out of my mouth. And that's a conflict. Look at one more. 26. Proverbs 26. And verse 20. 26, 20. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tail bearer, strife ceases. 
Wouldn't that be nice? No strife. No arguments, no fighting, no strife whatsoever. It's all gone. How do we get rid of it? Get rid of the person who's loose with their lips. Get rid of the person who talks. <laughs> Got to get it rid of it. And we don't want to get rid of people, but we want people to stop being tail bears. In other words, recognize the great power that is in their words. When we know my, our, our words have power over our own lives to direct which way we're going. Our words have power to, to stir up within relationships, strife or to promote unity. Our words, I mean, it was with God's words that he created all things that exist. He spoke and they come into existence. And you know what? Satan was there. And he knows just like God created with words, he can pervert with words. But his words, they need spoken out of someone's mouth just like God's word needs to be spoken in the earth and spoken in our lives. His word in our mouth produces his results. And Satan gets involved with people, so he will speak their words. Uh, He will, so they will speak his words, causing division, causing strife, stirring up trouble, stirring up bitterness and anger. And when when the enemy is able to get his words out into the earth, they, they, they hinder the work of God and become a problem. So we need to get rid of the wood to get rid of the fire. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Jesus said so many good things about, about this. And in fact, not Jesus, but again in the Proverbs, we won't look, but remember, the, remember the, say, the, the seven things that God hates? The last one, I believe it's the last one, it says, the one who sows discord among brethren. The one who sows discord, he sows, he plants seeds of division. Plant seeds that cause people to question others. They stir up, it, it stirs up strife. I never ever want to be a part of division and discord, dividing families, dividing, uh, you know, whether it's literal blood families, whether it's families like this. You see this in our, in our country right now. We're a family in one sense fellow citizens of a country, there's, the devil works overtime to sow division. You see that a, a large portion of what happens in news stories and media and stories that are promoted, it's divisive. It's, it's like, why would you even say that? All it does is divide. And I think most of us can see there's more division now than probably in a long, long time. People are all at each other. Everything, you know, everything from, uh, you know, skin color. They call that race. But race is not really a thing. That's a lie. But you know how everything is put in that way. When I say race is not a thing, where's that in the Bible? It's not. It's just a a belief that, that stems from Darwinism, from evolution. In other words, certain people evolved faster. Certain people made more progress in certain groups and certain people. And so, they're called, so these people are more advanced than these people. That's the whole race lie. So this group, if you're of this group, you're of this 
skin color, this, uh, then you're, you, you've, you evolved more than this group over here, so you're better than them. They're, they're in, inferior to you, right? It's all a big lie. It's all the devil. It's all the devil trying to divide. Anyway, that's, 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 the, that's the spirit that's, that's in this world. It's, a, it's divisive, trying to split people, trying to split families, split churches, and, uh, and if we'll recognize that and not perpetuate any of it out of our mouths, but we speak love, unity, and acceptance. We speak good things and don't, don't just repeat what the common, you know, story of the day is, but keep speaking the word of the Lord. We're going to speak positive things about and to each other. We're not only going to help our relationships, we're actually in a roundabout way helping our own relationship with God. Because again, I don't really truly get along with the Lord with absolute awesomeness if I don't get along with his kids. If I'm holding anger or bitterness towards someone, what they've done to me or something like that, but I love you, Lord, that's limited. Everybody with me? Amen. So, so if, there's any, if you've got anything going on in your own life, meaning people you've been talking about or maybe it's genuine. I mean, I, I know that's real. Sometimes people have really been harmed by others. I, 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 don't, I don't make light of that. But if it exists in your heart, you really got to get rid of it. The Lord will help you get rid of it. He's, he sees the, the pain. But you make a decision and say, Lord, I'm... I need your help, but I'm, I want to get this out, and I'm turning it over to you, and I'm giving it up, and I'm, I'm going to love and forgive and bless people and speak positive and, and from now on. Amen. And watch what happens. Not only, not only will you sleep better, your relationship with God will be better. Literally, when, you, when we come together and we worship the Lord together, that'll go higher. Amen, amen. This is an interesting angle tonight. I think I'm about done. Uh, you know, we think about the move of God. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray for an outpouring. Let's believe God for the gifts of the Spirit. Let's, pray, you know, let's do this. I'm for all that. Don't get me wrong. And let's stop talking negative about other people. <laughs> We're believing for a move of God. Yeah, promoting unity fosters the move of God. Getting the bitter water out uh, uh, promotes the move of God in a roundabout way that's different than Lord send the rain. Amen, amen. Praise God. Let's end, let's end with a, a, just a couple minutes. We'll pray and uh, let's have a keyboard and, uh, and we'll, um, I just want to give opportunity not to make things public, but um, if, if there's anything that you need to make straight in your own heart and and deal with before God, then I want to recommend and encourage you to do it. The Lord will help you. Starts with being real, being genuine, authentic before God, owning things. And don't, don't wallow in the, in the problem then or in the sin. There's the blood of Jesus. Thank Him for His cleansing flood. Thank Him that He washes every guilt and stain away. Father, we pray today. Thank you for your goodness.